Humans are good at lions and tigers and bears, but staring at a video screen for hours on end, not so much. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Brent Buchestein, co-founder and CEO, Ventra Inc. Welcome, Brent. Hi, Tanya. How are you? I am great. So you've been here before. We've talked uh, about technology and your area of expertise. Just as a refresher, um, what does Ventra do? We make a deep learning powered platform that helps organizations make sense of the overwhelming data that comes off of their security cameras. So we help organizations take guards that had today have to watch lots of video, review it and monitor it. And we help automate those workflows to help organizations protect their people, assets and reputations. You actually just gave a presentation on the annual, at the annual conference of the Building Owners and Managers Association on the topic of adding an artificial intelligence brain to a commercial building's eyes and their cameras. What challenge to building managers, what, what challenge do building managers still face today by only having cameras? Well, part of the challenge that they're running into is that they put these cameras in for a reason because they felt there was some sort of security need either in the present or in the future where they'd want to have a record or recorded visual evidence of what was going on. And as the expectations in society have increased about the role of cameras and what they can catch or not catch in a particular environment, building owners are being asked to do things like go back and look at video or catch things in real time that could impact, for example, the safety or security or operations of the building. And that frankly proves untenable. I mean, if you think about a camera as, let's say producing 30 web pages every second, a camera records at 30 frames a second, uh, these building owners and managers exist in a world where there is no Google or Twitter for their cameras. There's no way to search it and no way to get alerts on things that are going on in those cameras. And um, you know, the financial investment they'd have to make in human beings to make sense of all that data for things that are relevant to them uh, is just overwhelming. It's not, not, not doable. Explain the benefits of AI-powered facial recognition and video analytics and what they offer when coupled with, a build, with buildings cameras. Yeah, we think about the benefits across sort of a couple different vectors. So one is certainly security. And security is external threats to the organization. The, when we survey building owners, um, the, the biggest threat that they will often highlight is unauthorized access. So people gaining access to their facility um, and that can be uh, around tailgating, it can be loitering, it can be intrusion. Uh, there's oftentimes IP theft concerns. So you've got security as this first sort of uh, return on investment area of keeping people out of their spaces and facilities that aren't authorized to be there. Huge risk for them across a number of different fronts. Then you've got safety. So safety are, is not extra internal threats, right? Um, organizations are concerned about lone worker scenarios, scenarios where people trip and fall and they're the last one in the office at seven o'clock at night. More people die of sudden cardiac arrest at work than get shot and killed, for example, by weapons. Um, there's been a number of instances reported in the last year. Someone falls out of their chair having a sudden cardiac arrest. There is a defibrillator within 5, 10, 15 meters of them, but security doesn't, they have 14 cameras to monitor. They have 50 cameras to monitor. They're not seeing that kind of activity going on. 
So technology like this to identify where people are falling, identify, identify when there's only a single worker left on a floor, for example, helps security teams keep track and sort of ameliorate those risks. The last two that we see are interesting are operations, how the building is run, maintained in a productive manner. So if you take uh, organizations that outsource things like cleaning or um, janitorial work, the only way they know that that work is done is either by having a human being validate it, very expensive, or having someone complain that it's dirty or the place isn't up to par. And so we have customers that get interested in things like, hey, this object, this cleaning cart should be here every four hours. And if it's not there every four hours, let me know about it because I'm paying someone to do that work and I'm not getting my ROI from the dollars I'm spending. And the last bit is compliance. Um, I met with a, a customer last week who had an interesting need. They had specific trash bins related to papers that were shredded and they had to be emptied every two hours per a regulation in a particular field that they operated. Today, they validated that by a human being, watching them be entered. And again, those are things that a camera should do. It just helps a building and an operation workflow. So it's really, we've installed these eyes, and now we can add a brain for security, safety, ops, and compliance. And it really automates these, frankly, laborious, really boring, and frankly, expensive workflows that we have to have humans do today. Will facial recognition ever replace the need to swipe an ID card, or are these technologies actually complementary? <coughs> it depends. Most organizations are kind of on a crawl, walk, one run journey right now, meaning they'll use uh, biometric technology as a second factor of authentication initially. So comparing a reference photo from a badge access uh, image, for example, to an image that um, has been sourced or seen, <coughs> excuse me, in the wild. And then I think a tick beyond that is uh, using uh, facial recognition as an internal access point. So you're, you've already badge access into the facility, and now you're into secondary layers of security. So it might be something like um, a door or a zone or a production area or a lab. That's not quite as important as your lobby. It has a lower level of security, and there your face is your ID. And I think from there what we'll eventually see is the face takeover. But we've got a lot of work to do around things like adversarial attacks, uh, against these networks around things um, like occlusions, lighting conditions, pitch roll and yaw of the face. So we're seeing most organizations kind of go on this crawl, walk, one journey. San Francisco recently banned the use of facial recognition by police and other city agencies. Mm. What impact might these laws have on commercial building operators? You know, um, I mean, the law clearly states that it's only at a municipal level. So at the pure legal interpretation of it, um, private enterprises have been long ruled as private property and they're free to use the technologies that they deem fit to keep their people assets and reputation safe and secure. That being said, I mean, we encourage all of our customers who are considering the rollout of biometric technologies to make sure you have clear stakeholder meetings on what we're collecting and why and notices posted around you're being recorded here. If you don't like that, then let us know. Don't come in the facility if you're a guest. Um, but those are private kind of enterprise decisions. I think the only connection point when you actually look at the legal regulation is around uh, the um, police and their ability to accept or not accept 
privately sourced face recognition data. Um, the, it's a fruit of the poison tree concept, as it's often called. Um, if it's unsolicited, folks in the San Francisco municipal community can accept it. If it is solicited, uh, it looks like it'll probably be de deemed fruit of the poisonous tree. But most private organizations we're talking with have very sort of clear, defined, stakeholder consenting rules for deploying this in their own private spaces. What does AI hold for the future of building safety and operations? That's going to be interesting. So uh, security is a great wedge because it, the infrastructure has been deployed and we, we can't make sense of the data. Uh, there's a clear, the levels of risk, the levels of threat and the dynamic nature of those are only increasing. Uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago, um, you know, our chief security officer customers, she or he, um, you know, didn't have to worry as much as they do today about unauthorized access, weapons at the workplace, workplace violence, domestic violence, making their way into the workplace. And the, um, the OSHA stats and other workplace violence stats play that out. So I think the first thing we're going to see is you're going to start to feel as safe at work and, and the organization is going to have to treat their employees like you or I would treat a guest in our home and, and the, the precautions and the levels that we go to to take care of them, almost guardian angel-esque status here with the folks that come into our facilities. Um, and that's a great wedge to get some intelligence into these cameras and get it frankly paid for up front. The next tick over will be, will be safety. Um, no one in a modern enterprise should suffer a cardiac arrest or be alone at the office and have to feel unsafe about that or have to summon someone that they need a uh, an escort to the parking lot, for example, like the security system should know that kind of automatically. I think where this all ends up, if you start kind of moving your way down the path here is, um, you know, we're not, firms like ours aren't really building video analytics solutions. We're, we're building security guards and safety officials and, um, and, and really automating the workflows today that I think will eventually lead to autonomous environments. So we have cars that are going to drive themselves. Waymo has often said, we're not building a car, we're building a driver. We're doing something very similar, starting with automating the really, again, laborious, uh, painful work. We're not good at human beings at sitting and staring for long periods of time. We're, we're great at lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Uh, we're not good at sitting for eight hours on a rock star energy drink, making sense of the data coming off of this screen. So that's where we're going to start. And eventually these buildings and environments, they'll run themselves. That's where this is all ending up. Brent Buchestein, co-founder and CEO, Ventra Inc. If somebody wants to connect with you, what's the best way they can do that? You can find out more about us at Ventra, V-I-N-T-R-A dot I-O, or send me a note, Brent at Ventra I-O. We'd love to hear from you. Sounds good. Thanks again, Brent. And if you guys want to find me and more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to TanyaHall.net. Thanks for watching. Thank you.